What up, guys? Your boy Quake, and I'm back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. And once again, man, I'm doing this by myself. I was supposed to have a guest by the name of Sean coming through, but he had some personal stuff to take care of with work, so he couldn't make it through. Uh, it would have been dope to have him here to have a great conversation with a lot of the topics that I'm going to be talking about today. My brother has other personal things that he's taking care of, so of course, I'm here once again doing this solo dolo. But last time wasn't too bad. I actually went through it pretty quickly with without really going over time or going under the time. I usually try to make these episodes one hour long for everyone listening. So that's a fair time. I feel like a good time to keep it with each episode. Besides, if there's a guest, obviously if there's guests, it's going to go longer than that, probably uh, potentially shorter than that. But I try to keep it within an hour. So to do that solo with an hour of just talking with me in the room only, nobody else, is pretty hard to do. But if you like what you're doing or what you're talking about, usually... I, you know, go on rants about it because I love, you know, talking about this stuff. So, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, recently, uh, I want to say rest in peace to Mo. Um, I believe that's how you say his name. M O three Mo. I assume he recently got killed, uh, being shot on I 35 in Dallas. Uh, rest in peace to him, man. It seems like so many rappers nowadays are either dying from drugs or from violence. It actually seems like it's getting worse as the years go on, which is kind of crazy. You know, you would think as time goes on, people would be rappers or just anyone in general, any human would be like, hey, you know, let's stop doing this. But there's a lot that goes behind the scenes on this. You know, we don't know these guys' personal lives or what leads up to these moments or what they've done and then what someone's trying to do to get back at them. So I don't know what the situation is, but it's just sad, man. Hip-hop was initially created to... Uh, bring the urban community, you know, hope, you know, a lot of artists when they started creating hip hop was something created from the dirt, from the mud to, you know, find a way out for a lot of people to make sure that they make it and they support their family and friends. And, you know, to have these type of things go on in hip hop is just sad, man. So rest in peace to Mo. I just wanted to get that out there. You know, uh, very tragic event. Obviously King Vaughn just passed away. And then there's another rapper by the name of Lil Loaded who accidentally shot somebody in Texas and turned himself in. So a lot of weird things going on, man. It's just, you know, I was going to go on a full rant about this, but I was like, let me chill because the backstory on all this stuff is nobody really knows. You know, I'm not there. I don't know these people personally. So for me to speak on something and not really know all the details of everything, um, it would be unfair. So I know a lot of uh, artists say, though, when they make it, you know, that they had to deal with a lot of problems because of their karma. You know, Gucci admits to that. He was like, I was doing a lot of bad things when I was young and it caught up to me and, you know, this happened and this happened and it was just karma. It happens. So I'm not saying that this situation was karma. Please don't get that misconstrued because that is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that um, a lot of these situations, you know, between per people's lives, you know, they could have gotten into altercation with somebody. Somebody could have took that wrong. You know, who knows? Um, but the worst to me, the two deaths that hit me the worst these past couple of years was Nipsey and Pop Smoke. They definitely didn't deserve it, especially Nipsey, especially Pop Smoke. Both of them is just like, it's, man, it's sad. So if, if, you, if you guys know, if you guys in your neighborhood or if you guys know a rapper, support them. And if they make it and they come back and support, you know, the neighborhood, please don't, you know, be, get, get jealous and end up killing them. And, you know, it's just a lot of these rappers, man, they don't leave. Sometimes they help their community and they try to put their friends on, who put their friends on, who put their friends on. So, you know, if people would just stop, you know, I guess 
having pride and just kind of getting upset about certain situations and who knows, you know, what the situation is. But yeah, recipes to Mo, I just wanted to get that out the way. Uh, the first topic I want to talk about is, to be honest with you, it's called self-defense and kind of letting go to both of those situations. Kind of Self-defense is obviously you protecting yourself amongst a lot of things. And, um, you know, if somebody comes at you a certain way, you protect yourself. And obviously self-preservation is the most important thing in life. You know, most people care about themselves before they care about anything else. And, um, you know, so that's why whenever you talk to somebody, usually if you want something, if you want to get something out of somebody, you try to meet their needs first. And then, you know, once their needs are satisfied, then you'll get, you know, your own thing that you want from that person. So self-defense is the title of this episode. And the first topic is Westside Gun has announced that he has left Shady Records. And I wanted to talk about this because I specifically wanted to talk about Shady Records as a label and how bad of a job they've done when it comes to artists in general. So first, let's go over what Westside Gun has revealed. Westside Gun stopped by Joe Budden's podcast, uh, I believe his past couple of days, a couple of days ago. And Joe Budden and his crew basically asked... Um, you know, what, what's your situ label situation like? And of course, Joe Budden has left Shady Records. He was signed with Slaughterhouse. I believe they're still signed to Shady Records, Slaughterhouse as a group. But Joe Budden himself isn't signed there anymore. I don't think he ever was signed there in the first place. I don't remember. But West Side Gun, of course, part of the whole crew. Um, why am I forgetting? Yeah, West Side Gun, uh, Conway, Benny, The Butcher, all of them, part of a crew signed to Shady Records. And... Westside Gun has consistently voiced that he's been upset with the label and how they've like mistreated him, mispromoted him, so on and so forth. So Joe Budden asked him, you know, what's your label situation like? He said, um, I'm off shady. I'm off shady. I'm actually a free agent. It feels great. And his latest project, which was Who Made the Sunshine, was it. That was the last project, he says. I already spoke to Paul Rosenberg. Everything's good. Like, everything's signed, sealed, and delivered. I have my paperwork. Like, I'm off of Shady. And then he goes on and says, I'm one of those type of dudes that I don't do no public talking. That's just how I move. It's like me. It's like it's like saying me and Benny or me and Conway or Conway or Benny or whoever. We might have a disagreement, but the world will never know. We still continue to be brothers and cousins. It's the same way even with business because at the end of the day, this is a big world. Even if somebody else is a sucker, I'm never going to play that sucker role. So there's been a few times that Westside Gun has made it clear that he was dissatisfied with Shady Records and how they dealed with his album and promoting it and so on and so forth. Like last month, for example, Eminem tweeted out Alchemist's new album, which was the food villain. And then Griselda fans, which is the group of uh, Westside Gun and you know Conway and Bunny, uh, they were like, what the hell? Like, why isn't Eminem promoting you know, uh, West Side Guns project. And he basically, you know, took note of the comment and responded with a bunch of uh, laughing emojis and then put the shh, you know, a little shh emoji where his fingers, you know, on the lips like that and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so yeah, dissatisfa dissatisfaction with the label. Um, and then there was some tweeting, you know, I wonder what Shady Records do if we were not nominated for the BET Awards tonight. So basically the 2020 BET Awards was happening. Griselda was nominated, I believe. Um, and then he said, well, I wonder what Shady Records, I wonder does Shady Records know we're nominated for a BET Award tonight? 
And I apologize for all this messing up. I was up late at night. I managed to somehow secure a PS5. Two of them actually got one for my brother too. I know a lot of people were like, why the fuck, Quake? You got two PS5s, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're greedy as fuck. Nah, one of them is for my brother. I managed to secure two. So I've been playing up all night. So I apologize if I am slurring words and I am not 100% when it comes to reading things. That was a bad uh, thing to do, stay up that late. I was like up to like four playing. So, because um, I haven't played video games for ever it's been like probably a month and a half two months so i went all out with the spider-man game and then call of duty too so but yeah um the situation the reason why i mainly wanted to talk about it is because of shady records shady records has been a bad label when it comes to artists in general and how do i know this well i'm the biggest 50 cent fan so obviously 50 cent was signed to shady records and at one point shady records just started treating 50 cent like shit it was like a horrible fucking thing where like 50 was just struggling not only to get his album out, but just to get promotion. He would have to do all the work. He would have to do all the interviews. He would have to make sure that there was a record working for him to, you know, uh, uh, the label for the label to push the record, all kinds of stuff. He had to make sure everything was good. And this happened towards like the back end of his career, you know, when Curtis was dropping. And then before I self-destruct was just, the worst execution of albums ever. The album leaked like one month before the release. Um, and there's been a lot of shady records artists. I'm about to go over the list right now. Let me see there. I know there's Obi Trice, D12. Um, who else was signed to shady records? Let me go. Let me go over the the list. So I'm not, you know, um, getting anybody missed out or not mentioning anyone's name. Because there's quite a few artists that were signed. Um so Cassius, Yellow Wolf, Slaughterhouse as a Group, Bobby Creekwater, Stack Quo, 50 Cent, Obi Trice, D12. Currently right now, Eminem, of course, is on our Bad Meets Evil, which is Royce and Eminem. I don't know why that even counts. And then Griselda and then Boogie. Here's another artist, Boogie. He hasn't really gotten the promotion or anything, really. He dropped his debut album, Everything's for Sale. It kind of came and went. Eminem did a feature for him. And then after that, like nothing really happened. I mean, you can blame the music, but I personally like Boogie's album. I felt like it was a great, great album. And then you have Griselda, you know, releasing their albums, group albums, so on and so forth. Piss poor execution on promoting. Eminem just isn't doing his normal Eminem thing, you know, where he goes. And when 50 came out, obviously 50 had a big buzz. So it kind of makes sense for Eminem to do this. You know, they already knew he was going to pop off. But with other artists back then, Eminem would, would go on interviews with them and you say, hey, this is my new artist, Bobby Creekwater, Stackwell, whatever cash is go ahead and check them out, so on and so forth. And then, you know, hopefully the music would catch on. And some of the, some of the times, like Obi Trice, he was doing good in sales. Um, but Cash has never got to release anything. I know he uh, was on the You Don't Know track with Eminem, uh, 50 Banks, and it was Cash's, which was weird, you know. I never, you know. But he did his part. Cash did his part. I ain't gonna lie. It was just weird to have all those big artists on one track and then have, like, a random guy by the name of Cash's that nobody knew at the time. Then he signed Bobby Creekwater, that guy was from Atlanta. <clears throat> Excuse me. That guy was from Atlanta, and he never dropped an album. Just kind of came and went. Um, Obi Trice was, of course, having problems. He was like, "Oh, Fifty kind of outshined me, and it was kind of hard to get in after Fifty. Blah blah blah. D12, even Eminem knows D12 wasn't the way to go. He wanted all the artists from D12 to blow up, but they didn't. And yeah, it just. Uh, then Yellow Wolf dropped actually quite a few albums on there, and then nothing really happened. Right when he signed with Eminem, it was like this big deal. He did the XXL cover with Eminem, and it was so cool. But 
something's wrong with a lot of these labels, man. I feel like if, if you don't have a one hit record, they don't care at all. And that's why I admire Nipsey Hussle so much because he was like, listen, that's not going to be me. I'm going to grind this thing out until I have a core, hardcore fan base that is willing to purchase an album regardless if I have a hit record or not. So that's why I wanted to talk about this. Um, the label management at Shady was just horrible. I mean, 50 got just screwed towards the end. Whenever his buzz kind of died down, 50 just got screwed. The label just didn't care. They're, they Essentially, 50 had problems with Interscope and Shady Records all because he had his own headphone company, which was SMS Audio at the time. All because he didn't want to promote Dr. Dre's beats at the time. He just wanted to create a competitor for beats. They stopped. They did piss poor like management with his singles. He dropped hit after hit. I mean, we had We Up with Kendrick Lamar, which is an amazing record. If you haven't heard that track, search out 50 Cent We Up featuring Kendrick Lamar. Then he had uh, a track called My Life with Adam Levine and Eminem as a single. It peaked at like number 28 in the Billboard Hot 100, which is big. That's a top 40 record. Usually top 40 records with labels are considered hits, so then they, they back it, but they didn't even back that track. They actually blurred out 50's headphones, the SMS audio on his shirt. He had an SMS audio shirt in the video. If you actually go in the video, you'll see, or I think the hat, it was the hat, SMS audio hat he had. It was blurred out in the video. So it was just dumb shit. Like 50's career got screwed. I'm glad he left a long time ago and got his money and was like, I'm out of here. Because, yeah, like in the beginning, it's easy to promote artists when they're buzzing and everything that they release is hot. But to promote them after it kind of dwindles down and still, you know, be consistent is hard to do. So, yeah, Shady Records, um, I don't know, man. I, To be honest with you, in today in 2020, artists should just not even sign with another artist label. That makes any sense. If the artist is, like, don't sign with um, an artist that owns that label. So, like, Eminem owns Shady, Jay-Z owns Rock Nation, um, Diddy owns Bad Boy, whatever. Like, any artist that owns a label... Nowadays, like in 2020, I would highly recommend against it. Um, it just, nowadays doesn't seem to work. I can't really think of an artist that's put on another artist where it really, really, really works. Last time I could think of it working was with Lil Wayne and Drake and Nicki Minaj. That's it. Everyone else since then, I can't, maybe my mind's kind of gone, I don't know. I don't know. If you guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below because I don't, I definitely do not, can't think of anything else that works after that. So if you're an artist right now making music, just go independent and make sure you build your buzz up so that when the label comes, it's on your terms and not on the label's terms. That's where a lot of artists get screwed. They immediately sign with the label, even though they're not really buzzing that much, and it screws them over in the long run. So, um, but yeah, that's I just wanted to go on a rant with Shady Records and how piss poor they dealt. Same with G-Unit Records. G-Unit Records, I don't know what the fuck. I I recently <laughs> ran into an article um, about 50 just basically fucking off G-Unit and how he fucked it all up. He should have let Tony Yeo run G-Unit Records because Tony Yeo is a great A&R. He knows talent, you know. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Tony Yeo is the one who brought 50 Lloyd Banks and said, yo, Fifth, this guy Lloyd Banks is nice. And nowadays, if you ask who's the best member in G-Unit musically, majority of people will say Lloyd Banks. So... I want to go over this quick article about 50 basically fucking off G unit records and he could have had G unit records be like the biggest thing ever. So there's this article that's posted in an interview with vibe. It says rock nation rapper J Cole revealed that he came very close to joining 50 cents G unit label. 
the North Carolina native said that he's in, that he impressed members of the G Unit crew after he visited 50 Cent's home several years ago. This is what J. Cole said. I ended up in Connecticut at 50's crib, and he wasn't home that night, but people were still in his crib, he recalled. Tony Yeo, Shaw Money, and a couple others were there. Yeo was going nuts like, son, when I see Tony Yeo today, we still talk about it. It was a crazy night. After that, Shaw Money was trying to fuck with me heavy. He was like, son, look, I'm paying, I'm playing 50 your shit. Supposedly, the story is like he played 50 my shit, and 50 wasn't sure. This is what 50 said, that J. Cole says. Like, I don't know, man. Is he one of those skinny jean guys? He couldn't see it, but it was a good time in my life. It was a brand, it was brand new, fresh. Being in that crib was amazing. So the first thing 50 fucking said when he heard J. Cole was, is he one of those skinny jean wearing rappers? God, 50, like, if I had him in, if I had him here to interview, bro, I would have, I would have slapped the black back of his neck and been like, bro, you fucked that all up. <laughs> you fucked that up, Fifth. Like, and then uh, Tony Ayo had Danny Brown, which is a good artist at the time. He was like, sign him. 50 had a chance to sign Nick, Nicki Minaj, and she's from Queens, and it made all sense, like, to sign her. So 50's fucked off himself a lot with G-Unit Records, man. 50's like eye for talent, to be honest. It's horrible. So, yeah, I just wanted to go on a rant about Shady and then G-Unit even fucking off. And a lot of labels fucking off a lot of things. So, yeah. So if you're an artist, stay independent, build your shit up, and then, uh, you know, sign with the right situation. The next topic I want to talk about is a little more serious and uh, has to deal with King Von and the recent events that have come out, the new footage that's come out about the incident. Uh, on last week's episode, we didn't have this footage. We didn't have a lot of information. Some people were speculating that police shot at him and killed him, but we clearly know that's not the case now. And um, I want to talk about Quando Rondo, which was the guy that was um, allegedly had issues with King Vaughn. So um, his crew is claiming self-defense in the whole situation. And based off the footage, based off of what exactly happened, they can actually get away with that. They can actually say self-defense, and here's why. Let me go over the article first, and then I'll go over why self-defense works perfectly in this. So, what it shows King Von and Quando Rondo, uh, King Von and Quando Rondo in a physical altercation the day Von was brutally shot. Recently surfaced, but Quando says he was acting in self-defense during the, brondo, the brawl. Rondo, see what I'm saying? I haven't slept well, so I'm like slurging all these words. TMZ reports that Quando's team says that the rapper wasn't looking for a fight that the night Vaughn was shot dead in Atlanta, and Vaughn was the aggressor in the fight, which took place before gunfire was in, was exchanged at the scene. Sources close to the situation claim that Quando was outside the club napping in a car, and when he woke up, he was greeted by King Vaughn's crew. The situation got tense between the two camps, with Vaughn allegedly approaching the rapper with aggression that ultimately resorted, res, resulted in a fistfight. Footage from outside the club shows Vaughn throwing punches at members of Quando's crew, even though Quando supposedly didn't know exactly what was going on. One of the members of Quando's crew has been arrested for felony murder, but police are investigating the rapper himself and currently consider the case closed. Sources have, have added that the rapper feels bad about the situation, although the two camps have yet to talk since the shooting. Now, if you guys seen the new footage that came out, it shows exactly how King Von's manager explained. Because King Von's manager did an interview with academics, and he explained uh, basically that night what happened. And what he said it was accurate. If you look at the footage, it, it matches exactly what he said. Basically, King Von's manager was like, that night King Von just wasn't on point. 
He seemed off that night for some reason, for some odd reason. He's usually on point, his manager says, every night. And every time he moves, he knows how to move. But tonight, he just seemed very all over the place, he says, and he had no idea why. So basically, he sees Quando uh, Rondo get out of his car. Uh, somebody tells him, hey, that's Quando Rondo. You know, he's right there. And apparently, I don't know, I'm assuming King Von and Quando had some beef, some issues. I don't know the backstory of that. So I'm not going to speak on it, but apparently there was some issues because you don't just walk up to somebody and start swinging. And that's exactly what King Von did. He got out of his vehicle. If you look at the footage, swings first on him. So there you go. When somebody swings first on you and you feel your life is threatened at that point, which it can be, uh, you have, I believe, and even in Georgia, I don't know the law exactly in Georgia, but I believe in Georgia that's self-defense. If your life is threatened and somebody is basically fighting you, beating the shit out of you, you have a right to shoot him back. Um, not shoot him back because he wasn't shooting at him, but, you know, shoot to defend yourself. I don't know if you have a right to kill the person, but you do have a right to shoot the person. So that's exactly what Quando Rondo's, I believe, brother did. He saw Quando getting, you know, beat up, which King Von, I give him props, he did fight there. He swung, swung, swung. But obviously, in that crowded situation, Quando uh, Rondo's brother was like, my brother's not going to take an L. I'm going to shoot. And this goes back to like the earlier podcast episode, I believe it was number two or three, where we talked about Tory Lane's Tory Lane's situation with Megan Thee Stallion and what voids you to shoot somebody, you know. And I always said what the only logical reason to shoot somebody is if your life is in danger or you feel like one of your loved ones' life is in danger. And in this situation, you know, who knows? Maybe Quando Rondo's brother was like, damn, my brother's, you know, getting I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way, but there's a situation, you know, getting hurt at that at that moment. So he probably felt like, hey, shooting is the only way to dismantle everything and get everybody, you know, out of the way. And it looks like, though, in a different uh, angle that Quandorano's brother was actually shooting him multiple times, you know. So I don't know if that's self-defense then at that point. It seems like you're just wanting to kill the guy. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't look doesn't look good when it comes to the King Von situation, you know, the way the story was initially out, it seemed like he was probably minding his own business and got shot. Then as news came out, it kind of sad to say this and it's bad to say this. I don't know. Uh, it kind of seems like he put the situation on himself. Um, you don't just, you know, regardless of disagreements, you don't just run up on somebody and start swinging out of nowhere. And so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's, it's a bad situation overall, man. These guys have kids, families to feed, friends that rely on them. You know, I saw a video of King Von going back to Old Block and giving people over $100,000 given to his neighborhood, which is an honorable thing to do, man. These people rely on people that make it to help them get them out of that situation too. So this whole thing is just tragic, man. This could have been avoided, man. They could Somebody, cooler heads could have prevailed. Somebody should have gotten between this and been like, yo, y'all got to relax. This is not the way to deal with this. And it's just sad overall, man. It's sad overall. And his crew claiming self-defense, I'm sure that's going to go through based off the footage that we've all seen. If you haven't seen that footage, go ahead and check it out. It's very clear that King Vaughn started this whole thing. And it just is what it is, man. Um, another sad thing that happened was King Vaughn's autopsy photos came out. And I didn't, I didn't look at them because I hate looking at bloody, gory things. It's just not my thing to do. And I do not want to see a dead person's body cut open and 
all this kind of just uh, just nasty things. But the the photos leaked online, and then King Von's sister uh, demands that the mortician who was responsible, because the mortician is the person who takes the photos. Uh, I don't know if that person was the person that leaked them, but she demands that the mortician is fired for l- allegedly leaking the autopsy photos. Um, she says in the article, this sick motherfucker that posts my brother's pictures, she wrote in all caps, he works at the airport mortuary, mortuary, I guess. <laughs> he works at the airport mortuary, his whole job. No, he did the shit. But they try to protect him. We need him fired now. And I totally understand where King Von's sister is coming from. That is mad disrespectful. I remember when Kobe passed away, photos somehow came out of the whole incident of his body, you know, there. And it's just messed up, man. Like, the dead do not disrespect the dead like that. I don't care who it is. Um, it's just not, it's not a classy thing to do. And you know, I believe in, you know, souls and demons and all this stuff. So they're probably haunt your ass for doing it. So, um, yeah, man, I feel bad for King Von's sister having to deal with all these situations that are coming up. But, um, like I said, overall sad situation, uh, that could have been avoided easily if cooler heads prevailed. So rest in peace to King Von once again, the next topic I want to talk about Kendrick Lamar once again, this time he hasn't said anything once like the last time we talked about him, he actually said, you know, this is from the horse's mouth. He actually said, Hey, you know, this is why it's taken me forever to release music because I'm trying to chase a new sound, so on and so forth. But this is by, um, his longtime engineer mixed by Ali. He works with the Kendrick Lamar and everything. He stopped by Kevin Durant's, et cetera's podcast and revealed that Kendrick Lamar has six. Yes. Six albums worth of material. That is insane. That means from 2017 till now, Kendrick Lamar has not stopped recording at all. So let me go over the article. He says, uh, longtime engineer mixed by Ali stopped by and revealed he's got several albums worth of unleashed material from their sessions over the years. He says, for Kendrick alone, let me say, I think we could put together like six albums Everyone's the same way. It's all about just understanding that you could always do something better. It's having that mindset to just strive for the best possible version of you. That's Kendrick. That's Kendrick's whole mind state, always striving to do better. Whether it's recording a new verse, you know, he would record a whole song and get one ad lib back a month later because he don't like how he breathed the ad lib, how he breathed the ad lib, you know, so... Um, he goes on and says, let's see here. When a fan asked him on Twitter, expect the album punch replied pretty soon, uh, clarified as soon as soon. So yeah, punch who's the, basically the owner of TDE said that, Hey, there's going to be a new Kendrick album coming out. Don't worry about it. It's coming soon. Um, but yeah, uh, this whole Kendrick hype is insane. I'm very, very curious to see what Kendrick Lamar does, man. Um, seeing how he's chasing a new sound all the time is very, very admirable. And the fact that he doesn't care about what people think or how long he's taking or to fit a trend or to catch this wave or the buzz, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't care at all. And I respect that a lot. So to have six albums worth of material and not release anything yet is hard to do, man. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If I had six albums worth of material, I think I would let a few things fly or maybe make one album out of that. But like his engineer saying, he's trying to make the best possible material. 
And that's the thing as creators, man, we, even I do this, I I'll make something and then I'll be like, damn, I don't like this. And everybody else will be like, damn, this was dope. And whether it's the documentaries I make, whatever it is, I always critique little things and I try to get the best out of everything as much as I can. But when you hold it too much, it becomes a problem. And then you're doubting yourself. You know, you start to doubt yourself. You're like, you know, and that's, I feel like that's what Dr. Dre is, is going, you know, with, with, when it comes with his music, he's held it for so long that he starts to doubt himself. You start to doubt yourself. You start to critique the music even more, more than you're supposed to. And that happens with every creator. So if you're doing that right now and you're a creator and you're listening right now, please release whatever it is that you're creating. Let people judge, let people say what they want to say. And then you can move kind of off that and, you know, but yeah, if it's not your best material, if you feel like you can do a little bit better than that, um, release it. But you can't hold on to stuff too long because at that point you're over critiquing yourself and you're never going to release anything. So it doesn't seem like Kendrick's doing that here though. It seems like he's he's creating like 20 tracks, selecting one out of the 20, creating 20 tracks, selecting one out of the 20, creating 20 tracks, selecting one. So that's why his engineer is saying he's like six albums worth of material. He probably has like 80 to 100 tracks that can create six albums easily. So he's just not choosing to, you know, um, uh, you know, release all that material. And rightfully so, he shouldn't because we want the best that we can get, at least what Kendrick Lamar thinks is the best. So speaking of Dr. Dre, uh, there's been rumors that Dr. Dre is working on his album. Like I said, I kind of predicted this uh, with the whole, the whole divorce thing that was going on with Dr. Dre. Um, usually it brings out the best in a lot of people when something tragic, at least in an artist, when something tragic happens with an artist, it ends up bringing out their most creative side for some reason because they can take all that pain and channel it into the music. So Dr. Dre, there's been a lot of snippets, a lot of Instagram videos from engineers, producers, artists that have been around Dr. Dre that have previewed some of Dr. Dre's new music. One person is the, re, the real DJ Silk on Instagram. He posted a video and says, it says in the caption, Big dreams don't let anyone crush your thoughts. Social media doesn't make you hard work does. And in the video, he's like walking around the studio um, and playing the music, the new Dr. Dre music. And it sounds pretty good. Uh, somebody in the comments is like, are there chances of a new Dr. Dre record higher or lower than before? At this point, I felt like we were close recently. Then Westside, not Westside, uh, <laughs> DOC, um, who's been Dr. Dre's close, uh, basically artist and affiliate, route since the 90s uh he said no comment lol which kind of implies that yeah there's going to be something that i just can't say anything that's why he put the lol there and then focus three dots who's been working close with dr dre too he said it's a reality you know that dr dre is going to release there is a reality that's going to happen and then stat quo on his instagram said dr dre is coming and posted a photo of dr dre um and then west side uh why i keep saying west sides because his twitter handle sorry the doc his Twitter handle is West Coast Doc. I keep saying West Side. I don't know why. But West Coast Doc on Twitter, then, which is the DOC, he responded to a fan and said, um, this fan was asking, you know, what's going to happen with West Coast music? Is it going to come back? Blah, blah, blah. The DOC said, I can for sure, I can for sure, I think next year will be an interesting one for West Coast music. So I definitely guarantee Dr. A's dropping an album I, within a year. I'm almost willing to bet that. We can go back to this episode if I'm wrong. So what is what is the date today? November 14th? Yeah, we can go back till next year, November 14th, 2021. I bet you Dr. Dre is going to release an album or release something where he's 
contributed to the album. There has to be something like that. So um, it's dope seeing these like rumors and stuff fly. I would love to hear a new Dr. Dre album, see what what they got. So the next thing I want to talk about is Chris Brown, man. Um, this is just ridiculous. Uh, I see this happening with celebrities all the damn time. I'm sick and tired of it, man. There's people that are struggling and not making this kind of money, but whatever. You got to kind of blame it on the fucking people that are um, buying this shit for whatever reason. So um, the article is Chris Brown released an OnlyFans and made $1.4 million in 24 hours. Allegedly, of course. Um, So basically, I I wanted to kind of go around on this because it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> Chris Brown basically finessed everybody, you know, usually on OnlyFans, people expect like new type of content, but he just posted a picture of him on the phone. That's literally all you posted on his OnlyFans and he made $1.4 million. Um, to all the stupid people that are actually buying this. And for some reason, I don't know why the fuck you guys are buying this shit from celebrities. You know, if you're going to go on OnlyFans and want nude content support, like people that actually need the money, that's why they're on OnlyFans. Cause they actually need the money. Um, these celebrities that are coming in, dropping in OnlyFans just to reap money out of it and then leaving it. And it's just annoying. You know, it's a, it's the thing of celebrities getting into like what regular people are, are doing, you know, like celebrities doing podcasts all of a sudden, celebrities going on OnlyFans, celebrities creating YouTube channels. It's, it's okay to do it, but you're kind of taking away a market from people. You know, you guys have options as celebrities. You guys can do movies. You guys can do TV shows. You guys can do music you guys can do all these things that regular people don't have access to the regular people only have access to youtube to OnlyFans, to social media these platforms that are meant for regular people and when celebrities take them over it's just annoying you know it kind of reaps from other people so um shout out to chris brown man finessing 1.4 million in 24 hours out of idiots that are willing to buy it if you if you're watching this or listening to this and you bought OnlyFans, chris brown shame on you man you just got finessed and you just gave this guy more money for no reason. Um, but Chris Brown has worked hard. Obviously, his name is known. So it's expected for him to make $1.4 million in 24 hours. But stop buying this shit. Just fucking stop doing it. You know, support some local person that's doing OnlyFans or somebody who's not really known. Support them because they're probably doing it to survive. They're probably doing it to stay afloat during, you know, this whole pandemic. Probably out of a job. So... Stop supporting celebrities, man. They got more than enough money to survive this shit that's going on. If they don't, then they just fucked off their money and that's their fault. So, yeah, I just wanted to briefly talk about that. That was crazy to make $1.4 million 24 hours. The next topic I want to talk about is Lil Baby. Um, He just recently said that he's done doing features as he enters album mode. The reason why I want to talk about this is because Lil Baby, if you haven't been keeping track, man, the guy's been fucking killing 2020 and has murdered every feature he's done. If he continued this, which I don't know why he's not continuing this, um, he could potentially beat what Lil Wayne did. Because remember when Lil Wayne was buzzing 2006, 2007, 2008, that was his like peak three years. He was doing features out the ass. I mean, Lil Wayne was everywhere. He was dropping mixtapes back to back to back. And then he dropped a card of three and did a million copies first week. I feel like Lil Baby can do that. Because he's killing every feature. He's jumping on new artists, old artists, destroying it. And then he dropped the My Turn album and was the only rapper besides now Roddy Rich to go double platinum in 2020. The only rapper. 
besides Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich just did it, and he tweeted out. He was like, went double platinum without a deluxe version. So, you know, that's kind of shots a little bit because he released the deluxe version, but I don't think he meant it like that. But a lot of these rappers, they, they do these kind of crazy features, get into these modes, and then they just kind of stop. I feel like Lil Baby should just be milking it, doing as best as he can. And obviously, don't release stuff if it's half-assed. But the run that he's on right now is impeccable. The only person I could see this year besides Roddy Rich and Lil Baby having double platinum albums, Pop Smoke. He's closing in on that. And those three just had an amazing year. You know, if Pop Smoke was still alive, I'm sure he would have had probably a bigger year. Who knows? Because the records that he released or had done were amazing. So... And um, they still haven't shot the video for For the Night featuring Lil Baby and The Baby. And that record's taken off off the album. So there's no videos shot for that. So imagine if Pop Smoke was here promoting the album, shooting all of the music videos. It would have been a whole different situation. But I feel like Lil Baby should continue going. Continue it. Continue it. You're fucking killing it with these features back to back to back to back. So I was disappointed when I heard him say this. Um, I feel like, yeah, go ahead and continue it, man. Keep fucking killing it. Um the last topic I want to talk about is Chief Keef. Um, so Chief Keef recently, well, kind of did like a half-assed interview with Complex because he didn't even want to do the interview. Um, the writer based on Complex detailed how he, attempt, he attempted to do an interview with Chief Keef. Uh, it was a long chase that spanned weeks and ended up resulting in a brief conversation in a parking lot surrounded by fans. The biggest news of the piece came from his manager who revealed the large amount Keefe is usually dropping on lane. Um, so first, Chief Keefe, shout out to Chief Keefe, man. He's been low-key. He's been staying out of trouble. trouble, um, And you got to commend that, man, because with a lot of these rappers dying, a lot of these, you know, and Chief Keefe is from Old Block. He's from the streets. He's He could have easily gone off and done something crazy, but he moved Los Angeles, laid low, has been producing music for artists, making his own music, and just kind of staying out of the spotlight, which is commendable, man. Um, you know, so that's a that's a smart thing that he's done. But the thing that I hate that Chief Keefe does is that he doesn't take his career too seriously when it comes to uh, interviews, when it comes to music videos. He didn't show up for Hey Being Sober, as we all know. And now in this complex interview, I mean, imagine chasing a guy for weeks to do an interview and it ends up being like a brief conversation in a parking lot. So it's not even in like in a like a normal room where you're interviewing people. He just did like, hey, you know what? We'll do this interview. I'll do it right here. Fuck it, since it's the only time I can do it. Like, that's that's disrespectful, especially when somebody's trying to get an interview out of you and actually is a fan of your music. Uh, the article continues. It says, the interview was set to happen after digital concert Chief Key performed, but the Love Sosa rapper resisted the effort until his manager stepped in. So his manager had to basically force this interview to happen. Apparently, Keefe wasn't in the mood for interviews and was already hours late on production, headed into overtime, the article described. Uh, Pan, Keefe's manager, also brought out the fact that Keefe spent four racks on lean the night before and hadn't woken up late until afternoon. So that explains why this interview doesn't happen. Um, the interview was also highlighted that Keefe, Chief Keefe would be dropping more music alongside Mike Will Made It following their new release, Bang Bang. That has already ran up 4 million YouTube views. But yeah, Mike Will made it, and Chief Keeper are supposed to drop um, a project together. So <laughs> that, that's what's funny as fuck is the complex like title said, we waited three weeks to get a three-minute interview with Chief Keefe in the parking lot. Here's what we got. <laughs> that's hilarious. But uh, I mainly want to talk about this because of the $4,000 spent on lean. Um, I hope, man, Chief Keefe is getting... We talked about this in the last episode. Um 
some mental um, help. What I mean by that is talking to a therapist because he's lost a lot of friends, man. Uh, Fredo Santana, he lost Big Glow. Uh, he lost a lot of people, man. I can't even name more, but those two are very close to him. And that thing of kind of closing off might be because where he's like moving to Los Angeles and closing off from people might be because he's dealing with that pain and he doesn't want to get closer to people anymore. That could potentially be it. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I don't want to sound like a therapist, but I highly chief Keith. If somehow you're watching this, which I highly doubt or anyone that knows chief Keith, please uh, don't be scared to get a therapist, man. There's nothing wrong. Like I said, with the baby, what he said last, uh, on the last episode, the last podcast, we talked about how the baby's getting a therapist and he said mental awareness um, is very important because his brother died. So, uh, Chief Keith, man, I highly advise you to get a therapist. There's nothing wrong with, you know, getting help for your brain. You know, like we talked on the last episode, um, if you were to get hurt right now, like your arm breaks, you would go to a doctor to get it checked out. Your brain's the same way. Your brain can get hurt. Don't think it can't get hurt. It can psychologically fuck you up when someone close to you dies. So please, um, Chief Keith, don't mend that pain with lean. Because I know that's what you're doing. You just probably won't admit it. A lot of these rappers meant a lot of their pain with the drugs. Uh, we lost too many rappers, man. Too many artists to that. Juice World, a great talent. There's Lil Peep. There's all kinds of artists that have just died. Pimp C. Um, Hell, Fredo. Uh, so many, man. Um, so please, if, you know, anyone, not just artists, anyone listening to this, if you have pain, man, just go to see a therapist. There's nothing wrong with that. Go talk to somebody that you feel you can confide in. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you a weak person. It doesn't make you any different than anyone else, man. Um, or find something where you can get that pain out. That's another uh, great thing is uh, me. How I work through my pain is I, I work. I just work, which is kind of like, uh, you could say it's a bad way of dealing with it, but it helps me get my mind off it. And then eventually I kind of get over it which it works for me. So I don't know, that might work for you. But for me, if something tragic happens in my life or something's just not going right, whether it's with a female or a best friend, I kind of just work through the pain and then eventually I kind of just like move on from it. So um, I know with losing somebody, it can be more serious and you could go through a whole dark path of just drugs or who knows, you know, anything. So um yeah, Chief Keith, uh, the reason why I want to talk about this is because of that, that $4,000 spent on lean sleeping in and not waking up till later in the afternoon. You know, that's, man, his manager needs to step in, man. These people that are close to be like, yo, like chill with this lean stuff, man. And if he says, hey, you're not my manager anymore, fuck you, you know, then it is what it is. At least you tried, you know, to help somebody out. And if he doesn't take that, you know, obviously a lot of these people have to take, have to be willing to take, um, have to be willing to take um, criticism from people and just accept that they have a problem. They have to will. They have to be willing to accept that they have a problem. So a lot of these people don't, and that's the problem. So um, yeah, man, uh, Chief Keith, hope you're getting help in the situation. Um, but that's really about it for the podcast. I didn't want to go on too long because it's just me. Uh, we're closing in in about like forty something minutes. So um, shout out to everybody. Um, that's listening actually before um i i what was crazy i just got news that uh jeremiah is not doing good um he just got covid and he's not doing good at all 50 cent actually just posted pray for my boy jeremiah he's not doing good 
This COVID shit is real. A uh, hit maker who's young Berg. I need everyone to pray for my brother, Jeremiah. This message is posted with his mother's blessings. Um, wow. That's crazy. That is insane. Okay. I, yeah, I kind of, that kind of threw me off completely. Whew. Um, yeah. So prayers out to Jeremiah. Apparently he's got COVID and he's not doing good at all. You know, 2020 is crazy, man. If we, if we lose Jeremiah too, my God. I hope, hope not, man. Prayers out to Jeremiah. Um, I hope before this podcast goes up, it's good news, you know, that comes out. So prayers to him. But yeah, that's it for the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening. Support it on Apple Music, Spotify, all that. Support it on YouTube, please. Uh, the better numbers we get, the more we can bring artists in. Like I said, I got to get this wall fixed. I just been busy, 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 working, working. Um, so we'll get that wall fixed. We'll get those artists that we have planned in. We'll do great interviews, man. Once I get the chance to interview these artists, you're going to see these interviews are going to be impeccable, impeccable, everything, whatever the fuck impeccable even means. That's not even a word, I don't think, but fuck it. It's going to be impeccable. I'm about to use that as my own word. I don't even know if that's a word. Let me check that out before, before we go out. Let me see. Let me see. Y'all think impeccable? Impeccable? That's not a word. Nah, it's not anymore. Yeah, it's impeccable. So I'm going to make impeccable interviews. So that's my own word. So fuck it. We're going with impeccable. Um, so yeah, look, support the podcast. It's going to help me get interviews, all that stuff. And um, yeah, thank you guys. Listen on Apple, Spotify, all that. Leave ratings, reviews. We really appreciate that. Watch it on YouTube. Leave comments, likes, all this. I really, really appreciate it. Everyone that listens daily. We got a few hundred listeners back to back. We're just consistently getting those hundreds and hundreds of listeners, which is good. So shout out to everybody listening. I hope you guys have enjoyed your Saturday or this week. If you haven't gotten the things that you wanted because of Christmas and all these crazy sales, you will just stop, um, you know, being upset about it. Eventually you're going to get it. Anything that you want in life, man, you're going to get. So I hope all you guys have a blessed week. I hope everything goes the way you guys want it to go for the rest of your guys' life. And God bless everybody and peace out. Thank you for listening.